Women were just as much innovators of hip-hop as men, but for 50 years, they haven't had received their due, or their story told as it should. Until now. In our last episode, we discussed episode one of Ladies First, a story of women in hip-hop, a limited series on Netflix. Today, we have a special guest with us to discuss the remaining three episodes of Ladies First. Welcome to Hip Hop Movie Club. This is a show for Gen X hip hop fans who want to relive the glory days and reconsider classic and modern hip hop films from a current day perspective. Together, we'll explore some of the larger societal issues raised in these films. If you've seen today's movie before, then you'll learn some fascinating trivia you might have missed. If you haven't seen today's movie before, it will help you decide whether this film is worth your time. Either way, you'll be a smarter hip hop fan by the end of this episode the next 30 minutes or so, you'll get all this and more. We are three old heads who put their old heads together to vibe on these films for you. I'm Dino Wright, podcaster, filmmaker, longtime hip-hop fan, and I'm still buzzing from seeing Diggable Planets in Philly last weekend. I'm JB, 80s and 90s nostalgia junkie, longtime hip-hop fan, and I'm spunky. I like my oatmeal lumpy. <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> Shout I'm out Boogie. To yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm, I'm Boogie, a DJ, longtime hip hop fan. And DJing, coincidentally, is the last core element of hip hop that I took on. I started with graffiti, then b boy and MC, and I didn't attempt to DJ until I was about 12 or 13. And I didn't get any good until I was 14. In this episode, we'll answer the question We know about the OG women of hip hop, so where do we all go from here? Ladies First, A Story of Women in Hip-Hop is a TV documentary series about the origins and evolution of women hip-hop stars and their influence on pop culture. It premiered on Netflix on August 9th, 2023. And today, we have a female perspective on the line. We have a special guest, Janaba Figueroa. Hi, everybody. It's Janaba. I am super happy to be here. I am a podcast host for the live show Freestyle with Janaba, which features entrepreneurs, artists, and leaders in the community, which also uh, essentially helps folks reach their goals and uh, pursue their passions. In addition to that, I'm a creative marketing strategist and sort of kind of a DEI expert, but I'm super happy to be here to, to be on the show. Great to have you. Welcome. Yeah, welcome. 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 And, oh, wait, I know these guys. <laughs> <laughs> we go way back. I'm in college with all of these guys. Let me, let me, let me say that, boy. That's the most important yes. part here. We went to college. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Go back like peanut butter and jelly. <laughs> we mentioned Ryder you several times on the show. We were all classmates together. Yeah. Uh, back at Ryder. So it's great to see you again. All right, so let's get into this. Uh, we're going to talk about episodes two, three, and four of Ladies First. Uh, giving the, the ladies their due. So we'll kick off with Boogie. Um, what did you perceive as the major obstacles that women in hip-hop had to overcome and still continue to overcome today? All right, so I'm not going to take, I'm not going to talk about all of them because I want, you know, I'm going to start this off, but I say having to 
prove themselves before get, being given a chance to rhyme. Like there's always that that perception that because you're a woman, you can't rhyme as well as men. So they always have to be on the front um, to prove themselves. And then once they are, you know, accepted, most, more than likely they became the lone woman in a crew of mostly men. And while they're in there, they have to fight for their stage presence or their time to shine per se. And once they're doing shows and performing, a lot of times they have to fight for equal pay or to get paid, period. So it was a struggle in the beginning. Oh, yeah. And this was a huge one. Proving that they could write their own rhymes because they said, well, there's no way a woman could have wrote that. Like, who wrote that for you? So those were some of the major ones that I that started off with. But I'll, I'll leave the floor open so you guys can, uh, can chime in as well. All right. Janaba, why don't you uh, give us your perspective um, on the same topic? I really like what Levi said, though, you know, it's, it's because it's so um, true across the board, like even in any industry, education, um, in the nonprofit world, the corporate America, right? Women always sort of have to work harder, prove themselves, that kind of thing. But I think the major thing for me, which I think happens across the board for people in general, is the concept of like not fully understanding what your contract says. Right. So people like terminology and, and reading things and having a lawyer, all those things, I think are really important in any industry. You know, being able to have representation that understands language that you're about to write your name on. Right. What does that look like for you today and over the long term? And so that really hit home for me. And I think that was in the last episode. And I think also just the piece about women um, not being able to sort of put themselves on display without being called names and being treated like um, they are less than because they're exposing their bodies. But meanwhile, <laughs> everybody's sort of enjoying it at the same time. So that was really the most important parts for me. Donna Wright, anything to add on that topic? Yeah, these are great points. I like what you said, Janama, about the, the sort of double standard about sexuality. Yes. I really enjoyed seeing little Kim portrayed here because she turned out to be like the hip-hop Madonna like when Madonna like started talking about sexuality and her songs and her stuff like everyone goes all up in arms and then we go through this with little Kim and it's like all over again she is overtly sexual in her music and people have a problem with it but they're also listening to it so you can't be have that much of a problem with it if you know she's selling all these records and what you said about artists knowing what they're getting into from a legal standpoint is like a tried and true story of yes. lots of artists, not just women or not just hip hop stars, uh, women, hip hop stars, like getting shafted by predatory practices in the music industry. There's an anecdote for Drew Dixon talked about how putting together Method Man and, and Mary J Blige and they won a Grammy, but all the work she did like is hardly acknowledged and she at least have gotten the artist and repertoire credit and she didn't. And that was a very interesting story in episode yeah. three. Yeah, she wasn't so, credited yeah. at all. That was crazy. No credit. Was a great, crazy story, yeah. 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 I would just add my two cents also. It was just a crazy amount of misogyny in the early days of rap and there still is some, but I mean, look at Two Live Crew, like how degrading that is for women, even the album cover, but the lyrics, right? It, it's all about, uh, I guess, subversive women and sexual acts and and things of that nature. We're very degrading. And then 
they had the example of KRS-One actually with the major disc of Roxanne Chante when she was only 14 or 15. And she was, they said she was only good for, you know, uh, sexual encounters, so to speak. And they, you know, using the, the F word. And I mean, for a young woman, take that on. That's, that just made it so difficult to, to make it in the industry. And I but think, I uh, book... stronger though, like, you know, like at the end, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but at the no, end no. of the day, at the end of the day, it probably made her go, you know what? I'm going to work even harder at this because, because there's no way you're going to disrespect me and get away with it. I'm not going to just go sit down now, you know? And I think that's the plight sort of also of the black woman, right? Is that we, we get a lot of ish, you know, dished at us. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, we make decisions sometimes based on the fact that, you know, we have to be stronger and we have to, you know, move forward despite being tr- treated with disrespect. So it's true. When you like iron is forged or steel is forged you know, like in the, in the fire, but still like she shouldn't have had to deal with, with that nastiness. And I think I was going to say the boogie's point is at some point you you know, the male groups wanted to have one woman in their crew kind of for the sex appeal, but it was like almost like a token symbol, like yeah. Eve with the Rough Riders and Yo-Yo with the Lynch Mob. And then like Rod Digga, um, she was literally like a genius, a math and science genius. Um, but it was kind of like, all right, that's all we're good for is just to like add a little bit of uh, beauty to your machismo type group. They couldn't yeah. stand on their own for a while. Yeah, to add, to add to that point too, they would have one one woman in the crew, and it was almost as if every woman in the crew and every crew was almost pitted against one another. Like yeah. you couldn't, like when you say, like who are your top five MCs? You know, who are your favorite MCs? You can name. It's okay to name a bunch of male rappers, but when you say, okay, well, what about women? You know, you can only name one. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like you can't, you can't have more than one favorite MC that's a woman. You know, it only could be one of them, and um, you know that's that's tough. That's rough. Um, also, to speak to the point of um, Roxanne Chante, like I remember when she was when she was telling that story and she was saying, like, thank God that her mother was as tough on her as she was because she was able to walk through the neighborhood with people or walking through crowds or wherever and have people reciting that line over and over and over again and it not really affect her. But I remember when um, she responded to Karis one on um, "Have a Nice Rap, Have a Nice Day," one of my favorite raps ever. Um, she goes off on him, and to this day, I've never heard him respond back. <laughs> we just said KRS one sounds like a radio station. Yeah, go on vacation sounds like a like radio yeah. station. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's well, oh, man. That's one of my favorite raps right there. I love it. Yeah, I mean, she took on all the men and. Conquered yep. them with, with her uh, freestyle rap battles. So, legend. She uh, is finally kind of getting her due. What else do you all think about the concept of like double standard? Was anything more to the double standard between male and female artists? We covered most yeah. of it. Yeah, I think so. The like you said, like you know, man was able to, to to pretty much rap about whatever they wanted. They could rap about whatever sexual escapades they were having. Um, after the show, how many women they would have through their room on a tour bus, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but once a woman was able to grab the mic and embrace their sexuality, there became all kinds of issues. Like, you know, she's rapping about the same thing the men is rapping about, but when a woman is doing it, 
you know, she's called, you know, a hoe or, you know, a whore, et cetera. But men were able to do it and there were no issues, no red flags, raised no eyebrows, raised nothing, you know? To, I mean, but, to current day, I mean, there's a lot of controversy about WAP song, uh, Cardi B. And like I said, Two Life Crew was doing that in the late 80s, early 90s. And yeah, people were trying to ban it and stuff, but it's a double standard where a woman is not allowed to say that type of stuff. Um, yeah. The another thing I saw about a double standard was was colorism was mentioned. Not only did they want like one female, they wanted like lighter skinned yeah. uh, females. They were higher on the hierarchy. They were saying, and then kind of like Lauren Hill broke that mold. Uh, she was like an exception to the rule. When as soon yeah. as she came out, she was darker skinned with dreads, and a lot of girls that looked like her were inspired. So I don't have to be this perfect skin tone, you know, that can be a model in one of these songs or kind of make it big. And that's always been right. a double but standard. That's still, that's still a big struggle yeah. today, though. Like, it's, it's yeah. not, you know, thank you, Lauren Hill, and every other woman of color or that is different for coming to the scene and, you know, exuding us with your gifts. But the world is still a very fair skin. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, uh, soft texture of hair place like nobody yes. really <clears throat> I mean they embrace it a little bit but when you start to really look at your movies and you look at your videos and you look at the things that are sort of front facing right half of the half of the commercials I've seen with African American women the women are mixed like you don't know what they are you're like is she Spanish is she Indian <clears throat> what is she like at the end of the day and so I still see it as a struggle for black women to be able to be in any industry, be able to sort of to display themselves for who they are with their natural hair, their natural skin color. I've even seen women in the industry who, you know, they bleach their skin because they want yeah. to get shade lighter. The makeup artists even are making their, you know, you look at their neck, their neck is darker than their face. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's just taking it too far. But yeah. that is what sells and that is what people um, are attracted to. And you see that in the number of likes that people have on Instagram, whether people be musicians or influencers. And it's sad, but it's uh, it has not changed. And I, and I don't know if it's going to get any better, um, in, even in the music industry, really. Right. There was, a, there was a controversial clip that was included in the, doc, in the documentary of Kodak Black, I don't even know why I'm saying his name. I can't actually stand him. I'm not going to get into it too much. But he's talking about, you know, he says he's very dark skin. He said, well, I don't want a woman that looks like me. You know, I want I don't want a woman that has my complexion. I want a woman that's very, very light skin. You know, and I'm like, look at him like, oh, okay. All right. <laughs> All right. You run with that. <laughs> Another double standard I saw was the example of Remy Ma, who came from the South Bronx, tough childhood, drugs all around her. She ended up getting into legal trouble. She went to jail and she was saying how women don't get street cred for going to prison like the men do. Right. Men go to prison. They're like, oh, yeah, all right, this guy, this is a tough guy, right? All right he's got the street cred. Woman goes to prison. No one wants to touch her. Yeah, yeah. I had that in my notes. It's, yeah, she's yeah. almost got to revamp her image when she comes out. <laughs> right, yeah. right. The whole public relations yeah, campaign. I mean, like right now, if I said I went to prison... <laughs> Y'all look at me sideways, but if, <laughs> but if, but if look, look, look at JB, but, but if JB said, you know, I went to prison, everybody would be like, oh, well, couldn't have been that bad. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's, it's it definitely would be double totally standard. Different. You would look at me different. You'd be like, I can't. You know, I was going to invite Janava to the Christmas party, but <laughs> not this year. <laughs> right. Hi, the China. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Hi, the silverware. <laughs> but it's sad because it's just like you know, people commit their crimes, they serve their time, they pay their fines, whatever they do. Yeah. And regardless of like it's another DEI thing, right? In terms of like uh, you know, women sort of getting a, we get a bad rap n- no matter what. Like you yeah. know, even when uh, what's her name? What's the artist's name? Who who whose boyfriend was like, you're a mother. Because of how she was dressed. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Which one was that? What's her name? Kiki? Kiki what? Kiki. Yeah. Palmer? Is it Kiki Palmer? Kiki Palmer, yeah. Kiki Palmer. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like you're a mother. Like her what she's wearing has nothing to do with her ability to mother her child. Like it's totally separate. But you know, you get a bad rap anyway, no matter yeah. which yeah. way you go. Yeah. Nobody wants to nobody wants to get the rap of being difficult to work with. You know, because that affects your 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 bottom line. You can't make money if you, nobody wants to work with you. So, yeah. <laughs> respectability politics. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and one other challenge that women had to deal with is pregnancy was taboo, as seen by the record companies. It's like, all right, now you're you kind of useless to us right now. It's like. How dare you? <laughs> How dare you have a child? But now, I mean, we've we've progressed a lot. Like nowadays with social media and every stuff, like everything. I saw like Cardi B shared her pregnancy news with the world. Just look at last year's Super Bowl. Yeah. yeah. Right. Good example. With Rihanna. Rihanna. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it was mad jokes going around about her after that. They were <laughs> That's like, true. Oh, we're not That's gonna get another too. album for Rihanna for another. <laughs> That's true. Five yeah. to seven years. <laughs> <laughs> like, wow. Like, I can't dedicate myself to my child right now. I mean, mm-hmm. she did have that energy, though. She was performing like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She was just very, <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> this is what you're going to I'm going to cash this check and, and be out. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not true, though. Like, you know, I oh, worked yeah. my whole pregnancy the whole pregnancy, like, I w- in fact, I went to work on that Sunday. I went up to work on that Saturday, and I had my son on a Sunday. So Oof. I worked the whole pregnancy. And so you'll mm-hmm. find that women, even though they you might not see them, they're probably still working in the industry. You know, whether it's, you know, doing contracts or, you know, doing a photo shoot, whatever they mm-hmm. do, right? Recording, writing. Writing and producing. And you can so, do that from home now. Say that again. Writing and producing, you can do that from home now. Yeah, you yeah. Yes, you can. Yeah. Yes, you Everybody's can. got studios. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So let me transition throughout this question. Was there any historical footage in this documentary that caught your eye where it was like, oh, wow, I didn't realize that, or that was pretty cool to see? So a lot of the older footage, I recognize some, a lot of it, or I've heard anecdotes mentioned um, by a lot of the older artists, but one part that re- actually did catch my eyes was from a, a current or newer artist, uh, Lotto. So that, she, she really impressed me. I mean, I, did, I heard the name before and I've seen her before, but I didn't really know too much about her background. So they were showing how 
she started rapping around eight years old and they showed the little clips of her, you know, rapping about school. And, and then she actually said she was able to transition and rap about stuff about street stuff as well, which was actually kind of cool. Like you see her at a young age, I'm like, oh, wow, she's pretty impressive. Then it goes through all of the various stages of her, her rhyming. And then he showed that she was the, the youngest contestant on Jermaine Dupree's reality show, The Rap Game, which I heard about, but for some odd reason, I was like, no, I'm not doing a reality show thing right now. So I kind of skipped out on it. My bad. I probably should have watched it because she actually ended up winning that, that show and turned down a record deal to social death. Like That's at right. that young age, she realized her marketability um, through social media and realized that she already had such a strong following that she didn't need to sign on with a record label that was going to put her in a box and groom her to what they needed. She already had her image, her flow, her label, her brand was already there. Um, she took it to the streets, and I think that bit of footage, I was very impressed by it. And I'm, I'm actually going to go check out some of her music now because that was that was that was I was like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I really liked that part too. I, I that caught my eye too. She she impressed me. She she really put in the work as from a young age. Yeah. My example of that isn't so. Vintage. It was Cash Doll's story about performing in front of the school. I think they showed some of it on top of her Hummer. Yeah. And that was really great. And it reminded me of like Rage Against the Machine playing outside of the DNC in 2000 and Midnight Oil playing in front of the Exxon building in 1990. So there's this like subversive quality to it that I really enjoyed. I think they did, they did show that, right? Like on top of her Hummer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah that was really cool. <laughs> Which was actually, that was actually a double standard part too because they yeah. wouldn't, they, yeah, they didn't let her, want her to perform because she used to dance. And they could have used that. That was my favorite part too because they could have really used that as a teaching moment. Like, you know, like not, not to say anything bad about strippers, right? You got to do what you got to do. That's what you want to do. That's your business. But to, to transition from stripping to music, it's an option. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, so you don't think you're all out of options, right? You you can make a change or do something different if you decide that's what you want to do. And they could have used that. And it, and it was just really sad, but it all worked out. I was, you know, I, I was shocked and surprised because I was like, you know, that's what you should do. Like, you know, that is another way to take a stand for your music and for other women in the industry to say, you, you, you can stop me, but not from doing everything. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Cash dolls, they catch me outside. I'm out here on this Hummer. Yeah. You know what is a great piece of historical footage? Well, DMC from Run DMC saying how he loved Shaw Rock and borrowed that echo chamber concept that she used from the 80s, early 80s. And he's like, I got to get this. And then they fast forward a little bit and Run DMC is using that echo chamber style. And that she was a pioneer with that. And she was the first female MC on a cassette tape, which I thought was just incredible. The other historical footage ended up being kind of one that leads into a, a regrettable incident. So, well, Dee Barnes, I forgot all about that Pump It Up show that she hosted which brought hip hop to the forefront. I think that even predated Yo MTV raps a bit. And that was all about hip hop culture. It featured a lot of women. Queen Latifah was on it and others, but 
you know, and then they talk about going back to the double standard, that Dr. Dre incident where he had assaulted her. And then you see the other folks of NWA bragging about it saying, yeah, she got what she deserved. You know, she got hit and all this stuff. Dr. Dre able to rehabilitate his career. And now he's probably billionaire. Barnes could no, never. He's a billionaire. Definitely. He's a billionaire, he's a right? Yeah. He's a billionaire. Yeah. D Barnes kind of fell off and she could never rehabilitate. Re- rehabilitate her career. She ended up suing NWA for $10 million. Um, so yeah, that was kind of a sad incident in the annals of Dr. Dre's history. Yeah, she's a footnote. It, it, it's yeah. literally outrageous that Dr. Dre's a success and D. Barnes is a footnote. Rosen and Time right. is a victim. Yeah. Yep. And it's even more sad that Kiernan Mayo talks about this, how it's easier not to process the violence uh, against black women. And you Janava, please chime in on this. Like, it's easier not to process the, the the violence and just move on, and then to process it and, and sit with this this trauma. It's it's horrible. Yeah. But, but it's just the norm, like you know. And I, I hate you, I hate to even say that, but like violence against black women is like it's everyday occurrence. Yeah. And you know, you're even, for instance, you know, not even like outside of the show. I had a neighbor who was like physically abusing. His, his girlfriend in the parking lot. They come and like, I don't know, he must have sped them some song and dance. And then they're like, the police are outside of the car. Like, he said everything. He said everything's fine. Like, you know, I watched this girl. I, you know, I watched the whole incident and everything else. She's screaming, crying. You know, they're laughing behind the car. Like, you know, like, and, I'm, and I'm thinking to myself, you know, how, how easy, easy it is, right, for, for women to sort of um, be ignored when, when there's yeah. actually a real problem, right? right. right. Instead of separating yeah. two of them and trying, trying to figure out what the issue is so she can feel safe, safe not still in the car, car right. while you act the man, is, is everything good and everything else? Like, like, but that's, 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 that's the norm. norm. Like, and, and, and sort of everything gets swept under the rug. And it's just like, well, oh well, you know, if you don't have enough money, if you don't have enough resources in order to get the support that you need to fight the issue, then you're kind of at a loss. So, um, yeah. sad, but it happens every day. That's actually a good segue to the other example of a double standard that we saw in the documentary. Megan Thee Stallion shot both feet and she's, and she's in, in considerable pain, pain. yet the, the officials or the police, no one believes her because she's a woman. She's, she's continuously complaining about it. She literally got shot. And then it, it took until just recently for the charges to go through against, um, what's his name, Tory? Tory Lanes. Yep. But it was like she had to go through hoops upon hoops for her to even be believed that she was assaulted. They didn't take her word for it, even though there's video footage of it as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you clearly see the video of her walking backwards with the traces of blood on the ground as she's walking away. And, you know, I remember it so vividly and I was so frustrated because it was. you see so many comments and posts, you know, calling her a liar and... Okay, yeah, she so so one one bit of the detail was a little fuzzy, but you know where where did the where where did the injuries come from? Like, 
You know, yeah. like she didn't shoot herself. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the bullet didn't hit her exactly. Okay, so a fragment hit her. That's still considered getting shot. <laughs> it's a fragment of a bullet. <laughs> right. You know? well, only got ten years. So, right. so if you pull a gun out on me, I'm expecting you to be just go, like, don't come back. Like, you know, be don't come back. Right. Because you could have killed me. And even like, what if the gun ricocheted and the, like yep. you, you shot me, and you only get ten years, which is probably going to be like four, five, who knows, right? Something right. Even shorter. Right. But if it was the other way around, or if the or if the, the group of people looked different, yeah, it would be a different sentence. Yeah. Altogether. True. And like we talked about, men going to jail, they get extra credit for being hard. And so he's going to come out even better. Right. He's going to come out. He's going to do his. He's going to put out his. Excuse me. His redemption album about how he serves hard time. Yeah. And, you know, everything's and rap about it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So what I like, that I've seen, towards the end of this docu series was, the ladies of hip hop kind of formed a sisterhood. I don't see quite as many diss tracks as the males have back and forth. And it seems like there's a lot more collaboration. Uh, Boogie, what do you see as, as kind of evidence of the sisterhood that's been forming among the ladies of hip hop? Yeah. I, I think that women in hip hop, they've realized that there's room for for every one of them. You know, there's some women that like men. There's some women that like other women there's some women that rap that they don't even specify who they like, they, you know, but I think that they've all realized that there's a, there's a lane for all of them. Even the subject matters, um, their different flows, their different dress, the way they dress is different, but there, no one's really, like you said, there's not as much diss tracks going back and forth. Uh, there's a growing number of collaborations as well, um, which is super dope. But like, I remember back in the day, like we had like maybe two major collaborations and they mentioned both of them in this documentary, the I Want to Be Down remix with Yo-Yo, MC Light, and Queen Latifah rapping over the Brandy track and the um, the Not Tonight, Ladies Night remix from Little Kim with Angie Martinez, Left Eye, The Brat, and Missy Elliott. I mean, those are really it. I mean, every other track that you would have, see, sort of have more than one woman on it was a male-led track. But now, like you see, like we mentioned the WAP song, you know, there's there's a couple of um, collaborations with Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion. There's collaborations with some of the other artists. I rem- I can't remember which which artist it was. She, she had uh, a couple of different generations of rappers, and I think one of them was Trina was on that track as well. So they're and they're embracing the fact that there's women that came before them, and that you know the road has kind of been paved, and they're where they are because there were women ahead of them that kind of took the brunt of some of the, you know, insults or injury that the, that the labels and the, you know, everybody threw at them. Janava, anything to add on that? How you see collaboration amongst the ladies? I was just impressed with the documentary in general, you know, just to be able to come and sit and say, you know, that you have an appreciation for another artist, somebody who can be, who, came before you and, and how that impacted, you know, how you saw hip hop, like, you know, and, you know, to hear that coming from other women, knowing that I felt the same way too. Like when little Kim came out, it was like an ode to like, Oh, that's right. I, I, I can be sexual. You know, when we were in college, it was like, cause it was like, you know, little Kim and Foxy Brown was out. 
it was like that was out and so you were at you know rider parties <laughs> and like really having this energy like I don't know. I don't want Dick to know. Can I say that? <laughs> you know, like maybe I can't say that, but but singing say the it. song, but almost feeling guilty because I, you know, I grew up in a gospel. Can I say that? Am I allowed to say that? But it felt good to say that, like you know, like because I I should be able to express my sexuality as a woman and not feel bad about it. And so mm-hmm. I think being able to hear those different perspectives. It was the first time I think Shoot, over man. the history of my life that I heard so many women in hip hop say the same thing over and over again about yeah. all the same issues. And it was just like, oh, that's refreshing. You know what I mean? We're alike in so many ways. And it almost made me feel like I was like, you know what? Back in the day, I was, I, I was, I was trying to be a rapper. <laughs> I had wrote raps and I was like straight up thinking I was going to be a rapper. But that, that career didn't go. It didn't go that way. But no, and I really appreciated what you said too, Levi. I just, I enjoyed the documentary overall. I mean, I'm I'm probably going to watch it again because um, there were things that I didn't know artists, like when they got to the fourth episode and they were going over all the list of artists, I was like, who is that? Yeah. (laughs) You know, so they were just, I was being educated and informed. And so um, super happy to to watch it and to um, be a part of the show too. Yeah. Well, I like what you said is that it showed who influenced who. Like, I love to see those connections because one, the older mm-hmm. folks or the OGs of women with female hip hop, they, they paved the way for the others. And it goes so far back. Uh, like Foxy Brown said she had loved, she loved Roxanne Shante. And we did a whole episode on Roxanne Shante's documentary and she influenced Nas when Nas was a little boy in Queensbridge. Um, Roxanne, her style paved the way for Cardi B and Nicki Minaj and yes. MC light was inspired by Shah rock as well as salt and pepper showstoppers. So I was kind of documenting like who influenced who I just love to trace it back. Rhapsody was inspired by MC light queen Latifah used to sneak into the Latin quarter and she loved KRS one and MC light. Um, so it's, it's amazing to see like these connections and who, inspired who and that just kind of continues to perpetuate which is awesome to see back to a historical clip i love this there was a clip of dmx rapping her song back to mc light i thought oh that's so cool <sighs> yes yeah that was awesome what, what episode was that? Say it again. that was, was in the last episode clip. yeah 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 uh, he was rapping to mc light talking about how he she influenced how she loved her flow yes and you can that was, hear that, that was too, sort of too even though he was hyped <laughs> but you can hear some of that flow even in how he, you know, presented himself as an yeah. artist. Like you, when you yep. think about it, you're like, oh, mm-hmm. that is a little bit of MC light in your flow mm-hmm. that I never, you never even think about, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That was one great thing about this documentary series. <laughs> yeah. Another, another historical clip was the Grammy Awards. They showed TLC. And this goes back to the exploitation by record companies TLC wins a Grammy award and they're explaining afterwards that they are dead broke. So that goes to how the music industry moguls were very shady, taking advantage of the women that are performing and and driving all the profits. And there was something about Megan Thee Stallion doing something called a 360 deal. Oh yeah. Yeah. What was it? What did that mean exactly though? 
they sort of control everything. Yes. <laughs> Hence the 360. The <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then she can't go out and do like her own. She can't release like mixtapes and stuff like that either without them getting a part of it. Yeah. It's, yeah. It was a bad. <laughs> yeah. So just to kind of wrap up last topic. So what does the future of hip hop hold for women? Women in hip hop. Where do we go from here? I mean, I think they're kind of the dominant force right now. Like you put on uh, Hot 97 or a lot of these, you're hearing Cardi B's, you're hearing Nicki Minaj, you're hearing Lotto, you're hearing um, a lot of other uh, Ice Spice, uh, et cetera. Like more so than the males. <laughs> it's funny because that's, yeah. that's about, that's almost exactly what I, what I put. Yeah. I say, you know, because I listen, like I said, I listen to a lot of New York based radio because I got to keep my ear to the street to a certain extent um, because I got to know what's hot. So when somebody wants to hear a song, I at least got to know what it is. Whether I listen to it personally or not, I at least need to know what it is and have it ready. But yeah, they're dominating. Women are dominating the charts right now. Like they're just killing it. And it's and the, and the thing, the beautiful thing about it is as well is that they're not all from New York. They're from all over the place. Mm-hmm. But they're just completely dominating the charts right now, doing their solo songs, collaborations. Features on other male songs. It's just like, wow. You can't turn on a song without hearing a woman rapping on it. And it's kind of dope, though. It's kind of dope. I ain't going to lie. <laughs> it is, but it's not. And part of the reason why I say that is because, like, don't get me wrong. Cardi B, Nicki Minaj, Megan Thee Stallion. Okay. Right? Yay. I'll give you your flowers. And, your, you know, I'll clap for you. Right? You're winning, and I'm happy for you. As a black woman, I'm really happy for you. However, I am getting tired of hearing songs about booties clapping and pussy being. <laughs> I need some. I need more substance. I need something that's going to talk about um, not getting this money, but like how we can really um, bring people into the awareness of their own personal power, or uh, yeah. you know, understanding what their passion is. Something different and something yeah. more of what we heard when we were growing up. Yeah, I, I mean. I'm sorry. I, I love that point. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. I love that point because when we were growing up, we all witnessed native tongues like emergence. And that was a really important development in sort of how hip hop has a spectrum of different you know, subject matters. And I was thinking as I finished watching this series, like, where is the female tribe called Quest? You know, right. I only get a third of it with Diggable Planets, right? Mm-hmm. With, with Ladybug <laughs> Becca. So like I want the uh, maybe it's out there and I'm not aware of it. So listeners, uh, tell tell me where the female uh, native tongues like collective like where's the De La Soul female rappers at? But um, that's what I want to see. That's what they are. Yes, they're not. Yeah, they don't rap. Yeah, poetry. Yeah. (laughs) I think like the closest you might get to that, Rhapsody and Chica. Yeah. Okay, I'm in. Yeah. She is dope. Chica is. I enjoyed dope. her different world riff with the with the Dwayne Wayne I'm, glasses I'm, in I'm, episode four. Dude, I've been listening. I've been listening to Chica for years. She used to get on and put these freestyle clips on, and I was just like, "Yo!" And I saw the and, I, and, I, and it was funny because that she was talking, and she was saying that you know there's always been some people like yeah she's dope, but they they don't know how to market her. There's nobody going to market her. And I'm sitting here like, I don't care what this woman looks like. She's dope. Like, I, she is insanely dope. Super talented. 
But yeah, we need more. Like I said, I do agree. Like, yeah, we definitely need more, more of it. Conscious rap. Yep, exactly. We talked about episode one, how Queen Latifah came out with the Afrocentrism, taking it back to African roots. That was like MC Light went to an African school. Yes. Moni Love had some, you know, was also part of the Moni Love had some, yeah. Right? So you're right. It's kind of missing other than a couple of those that you mentioned. But as far as the image, like Chica has that specific image, right? Yeah. And then like Lizzo, who's rap adjacent, you know, like we've come a long way where someone could be quote unquote plus size. Yeah. Plus size, black female. Like these are all stereotypical, like minority type image. And she's huge in terms of sales and popularity, which is took us to 2023. Well, I mean, I know she came out <laughs> yeah. a couple years back, but. I mean, she's doing great things. There's a lot of underground rappers too, though. You know that obviously that we miss out on because they're not mainstream and not well. Yeah. It'd be cool to do a show on hip hop. You know, not just female hip hop artists, but just hip hop artists in general who don't get listened to often because they like they're not on the radio. Right. Um, but I haven't tapped into them either, so I'm not going to sit on the show and die. <laughs> We need to find them. We got to go out and find right. them. <laughs> yeah. But it's easier to find them now. So it's the, the, the task is a little less uh, onerous. Right. You don't need to ask somebody, do, do they have the tape? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I barely have a tape player. <laughs> give, me, give, me your, give me your TikTok link. or Well, we were struggling back in the day, weren't we? <laughs> we were. If you didn't do now, like Spotify, you can listen to anything. Then, then back then, like I had to have a tape. Right. I didn't have a tape. Yeah. Like, it wasn't here. You, I, I just lucky to have the tape of the, the ones I did have. Right. Don't let it pop. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, I became an expert at repairing tapes. Yep. I was the expert. I had a technique down. You didn't even hear the skip. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> all right. So I think we covered pretty much all the aspects I wanted to cover. Anybody have any last minute comments about Ladies First? I think we all agree. We highly recommend it. Yeah. It's definitely worth your time. Yep, it, it goes by really it. quick. Yeah. Check it out, you, listeners. Check you it gotta out. Watch it, though. Like, you know, because there was a couple times where I, I stepped away because I was listening to it. But if you're not watching it, you don't get yeah. the full effect of the documentary, which I agree. shows you the videos yeah. and, mm-hmm. you know, the different people who were a, a part of, you know, whatever they were talking about at the time. So the yeah. producers who were there, the whole thing. And so when you see everybody who's a part of it, you're like, oh, I didn't even know <laughs> that yeah. that person was connected to that person. And so you got to visually look at it, too. You can't yes. just walk away and listen to the documentary. Yeah. Yeah. It's about time ladies got their due. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Did you write that down? No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> I did not. Top of the dome. I, top of the dome. The dome. You said it's about, hey, but y'all didn't see he took off his glasses too when he said he said, yeah. it's about time ladies got their due and looked like he cleaned his glasses <laughs> off. You can't see what I can see, but I want to give you the visual. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. 
It was very on time, and I appreciate you, JV. All right. <laughs> Dramatic effect. Thank you. Thank you so much, Janaba, for coming on the show. It was great to catch up. Yes. And to hear your perspective. And we wish I, you I a lot of success. Yeah. Please plug your show again. I mean, you're gonna struggle to look for it, so just look for it on Facebook. Freestyle with Janaba. It's a show about entrepreneurs, artists, and leaders in the community to inspire folks to pursue their passion. So it has like a little bit of a hip hop theme because I use hip hop to um, market the show, and I also talk about the song throughout the show um, as inspiration um, for listeners. So. Thank you we'll guys put for the having link. me on the show, though. I, I don't know if I brought a fully female perspective, but <laughs> of um, course. it was fun nonetheless. We'll put her link in the show notes, everyone. So yes, check yeah. it out. Hip Hop Movie Club is produced by your HHMCs, JB, Boogie, and Dino Wright. Theme music by Boogie. Check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Hip Hop Movie Club. On the next episode of the Hip Hop Movie Club podcast, your HHMCs review all up in the biz. Subscribe now on your favorite podcast app and you won't miss it. Shout out to your listeners. Thanks for listening. And remember, don't hate, accommodate. Hey! I always end with one of those rhymes, like uh, call it Al Sharpton or Dr. Seuss. <laughs> I need a t-shirt like that so I can wear it to work with my blazer. There you go. <laughs> like going straight down the center. Don't hate, accommodate. Yo, I, we have a whole list of these. With all the list of yeah yeah, oh we've they done should. a whole bunch. We're like, Y'all should. don't hate, should. navigate, don't hate, reverberate, <laughs> negotiate. We can just go on and on. I gotta put that in the list. Yeah don't yeah hate, yeah. Appreciate. <laughs> I think we had that one. Yep. I'm running out of words. So. We, should, we should come. We should. Come. <laughs> you need to find other words. <laughs> yeah, that was one of the first ones. Yeah. Shout out to Brain Freeze Trivia in the Lehigh Valley. Check out the Instagram, brain underscore freeze underscore trivia double underscore time. That's Brain Freeze Trivia time on Instagram. <laughs>